Hello, and welcome to Autism in Color, where we are keeping autism on the table and in the conversation. We are your hosts, Lebecki and Siobhan, and today we're interviewing Gia Evans, who has a son that's 18 years old, and he's on the autism spectrum. Hello, Gia. Hello, Siobhan. Hello. How you doing, Gia? Hello. I'm good. Thanks for having me. All right. It's good to see you, lady. You too. All right. Yeah, I had the opportunity to speak with you prior. And in speaking with you, you told me a little bit about your son. So what we want to know is how old was your son when he was diagnosed? Yes. Yeah, so my son, Caleb, he was diagnosed, I think it was around three, um, three or four, maybe turning four. But yeah, he received his diagnosis of autism um, around that time frame. Um, he is autistic nonverbal. Okay. So at one point before his diagnosis, he did have speech. He had limited, you know, a little speech. Um, it was at the point where he, you know, started to not have the speech and he started not reaching those milestones that triggered us to, you know, chase the autistic autism um, diagnosis. Okay, so did you did you have an idea that it was autism, or did you did you know anything about autism at that time? No. Now this was early two thousand four ish five. So um, you know, autism at that time was just becoming a thing. Um, you know, research and and kids just being um, recently diagnosed. Like I said, we didn't really have an idea. We just know that. At one point, he was reaching those milestones, and then after that time frame, he he just completely stopped. So we didn't know what it was, um, which led us down the route of you know seeing a neurologist, and then just going through that path of doctors um, to finally get that diagnosis. So Gia, in listening to you, it seems like you were like you you said something to the effect that his language stopped, like he stopped speaking around this time. Gia, tell me, how old was your son when he was diagnosed with autism? It started around three. I think the official diagnosis came at four, but the journey started at three. And I'll say the journey because, you know, when we noticed that he no longer, you know, was speaking, he's, he's autistic nonverbal. So, you know, he stopped that language was, you know, gone. That's when we, you know, started chasing after a diagnosis to, to try to figure out what was going on. Um, so it was, we started like around, um, I would say we started uh, two-ish, but um, we really started chasing it around three, like going to different doctors, neurologists, and then four is when we actually got the um, official diagnosis. You said that he had language and then there was no language. Right. What occurred in that time span where there was language and then there was none? So after he had his two-year-old shots, um, he there was the MR, yeah, um, measles, mumps, and rubella vaccination. Um, after that point in having those um, shots, that's when we noticed, like, and I call it the day the music stopped, that we, he no longer had that language. So, you know, from that two to about three-ish time frame, you know, and speaking with the doctors, we were getting things like, well, you know, sometimes boys are slower than girls to speak. 
um, which is, you know, true, but, um, or can be true, but it's, it's different. It's hard to accept that when you had something and then you, you know, lose it. So, um, so we, you know, started, like I said, about three, just saying, you know, something is absolutely not right. Um, even though he was still going through those, meeting those milestones from a physical perspective, um, but it was still just that the language was gone. And then, you know, we started noticing things like he was, he started going to pre-K. We noticed things like parallel playing, which means like he's not really interacting, like he's playing next to a child, but not really with the child. So that's how it all began. So with regard to his language, did it just stop suddenly like, you know, one day he was talking, the next day he wasn't? Or was it gradually he started losing words? No, so it was like before he went to get his shots, he was mama, dad, dad, blah, blah, you know, just, you know, trying to imitate you in the speech. And then after he got the shot, you know, like the days, the day a, a child typically gets shots, they might have like a fever and they might not feel well. And they'll tell you, you know, to give them, you know, whatever to help them along the way. After that, after taking those shots, he just, it's just like, he just almost drifted away. It was like, there was nothing else after that. Wow. Nothing else. Wow. You use the word drifted. And mm-hmm. when you think of drifting, you just, you just wandering. Right. Right. So it was like, you know, you know, where is it gone? Like, like I said, that's, I just really call that the day the music stopped. There was no more music from him because he was very like loud and like imitating you. And, but we just didn't have that anymore. What was that like for you? To, to just see that happen? It was, at first it was like, you know, you're like, you're trying to figure out what happened. Like you don't know. Um, and it, it's not like we just figured it out then, it, you know, after, you know, you go into like, well, what happened? Why is he not talking anymore? And you're just, you know, going to doctors and trying to figure out what it is. I think it first became, it was never really, well, it was sad because, you know, you missed hearing the voice. And then, um, and then it becomes, okay, well, what can I do to try to help him find the voice again? Or what is it that I need to, that we need to do? Um, and why, like, why did it happen? Like, that's what we're trying to, you know, that's what we became. We got on that journey of trying to figure out what was going on and if we could get it back and all of that. During that time of the language loss, how mm-hmm. would he communicate with you? Because we like to think that kids who are on the autism spectrum, just because they can't verbalize what it is that mm-hmm. they want, they can show you, you know, mm-hmm. do things like that. How did he communicate? Right. So he, um, of course, he was little, you know, he's like three or, three or four. So his communication was mainly like, you know, it would become like a pointing thing, a pulling to take you to what it is he needed. Um, and then, you know, of course that was becoming because he's getting older and he can't really communicate in words with you. And then, you know, we're talking early 2000s. So we're not really talking like iPads at the time yet. Like this technology isn't really there. So we even at that time we went the route of, okay, once we connected with like, um, you know, therapy, as far as speech therapy, we started, uh, doing, um, sign language. We went to sign language classes with him at a young age so that we could try to, you know, it would help us in the communicating with him at the home. But then with sign language is, 
it's kind of hard because if you know the sign language and the other person doesn't know it, you know, that's, that's going to cause a communication barrier. So we're in the house doing it together, but outside and going around other people, you know, we didn't really, you know, didn't have that um, luxury. So it, it was just a matter of, you know, just sign language, him just, and just really knowing him. And you, as a parent, you kind of anticipate their needs because you know your child. And so um, that's, that's how we just had to, you know, learn the communication pattern for ourselves. Does he still use sign language? Limited. Now it's more like he'll tell you what he wants, food, I'm hungry, more, things like that. But now he's so connected to um, technology where they have, you know, he has like um, communication devices and apps that will tell you, you know, I don't feel well, um, this is hurting, you know, so it kind of does it for him, the communication for him. Gotcha. That, that's, that, that's really good because you have to have like those devices for the environment, like when he's out in the environment to use right. his words and also for, for the things that he likes to do. Right, right. I want to go back. So once you mm -hmm. received the diagnosis of autism, did it, were you, were you, relieved to know that there was something yes i was like it was like i was so happy and other people are like what you got the diagnosis but i was so happy because now it had a name to it because i didn't know what it was and then you know once we once the doctor you know sat down and said you know um I, I think it's autism, you know, we're going to send you to a neurologist. And, and then we started talking about, you know, the brain and the functionality. So then I became, okay, um, at the very beginning, I'm like, now we just need to find a cure. So it's always trying, we need to find yes. a cure. <laughs> so then yes. I got on that journey, but it was, it was a relief. It was almost like, okay, so now that I know what it is, because you're like, you're navigating and you don't even know what's wrong with your child, but you're trying to figure it out. You're trying to navigate around it. But now that I know what it is, now I can figure out how we can better prepare him and help him, you know, in life. Absolutely. So how was it for him starting school? School was great um, because Caleb is so schedule oriented. Like school was great for him because he loves the structure. He loves the schedule. He is one of those people, even to, to you know, the day he has a routine, he likes to stick with it, doesn't really like change with it, but he's okay with change as long as you prepare him, like you tell him that things are going to change, then he's okay with it. Like, okay, today we're not going to do this. We're going to have to do this. Or today is Thursday and we do this on Thursday. So you have to kind of prep him. But if it comes, um, he's still okay with it. I like them because he's so laid back. I like the fact that if it, he's not one of those people who when a change comes like, oh my gosh, I can't handle this. But yeah, so he's good with it. He was good with starting school. Because, the, you know, that's what I like to tell people. Uh, and it's with anybody. It's not just with persons who are on the, on the spectrum. But right. introduce me. <laughs> Let me know what, well, we're not going to do this today, but we're going to do that. This mm -hmm. way it prepares me. It lets me know mm -hmm. what's next. And I think with our kids yes. with autism, not I think, with our kids with autism, we have to learn to introduce what's next yeah. to let them know so that they are aware and they can adapt to the change. Right. Right. And then some people don't deal well on or off the spectrum with change. 
So you have to, you know, help them and, you know, prepare them. And then when, before he had the technology, I just had this thought, we did a lot of storybooks, which are like picture books. And, you know, it'll have like a little picture of like, say when he was smaller, trying to teach him how to potty train, like little boy sitting on a toilet or something like that to kind of tell the story of how your day is going to go. So it was like a little, you know, storybook. So we did a lot of that as well when he was younger. Okay, so that was a part of mental preparation as <laughs> well. Yeah. Um, how was, in terms of school, did he go to a special school just starting out or did he go to like the regular um, preschool, kindergarten kind so of So when he started in pre-K, oh, pre um, so he was four when he went to school, um, he was in a typical kindergarten pre-K class. But he did have, um, he had a, a, an assistant that kind of, you know, helped him like navigate. So he was in, you know, so he was with his peers, but then, you know, they would help him because maybe he may, he may not understand, um, you know, what the teacher was, you know, trying to get him to do or for him to communicate to the teacher. So he did have um, that peer. And then once he got into kindergarten, he went into an, um, an AU kindergarten, which was an autistic, and they're self-contained. So he was with um, all just kids that were on the spectrum. So he was self-contained at that point, but he did start out. And it wasn't, um, it wasn't, I mean, it was a good experience for him, but I think it was just because, you know, with schools being a public school, they don't really have a lot of resources. So, you know, they have to you know, go with, you know, what they can, but he, he did go to kindergarten in, in an AU um, environment. And he has been, he went there, you know, throughout the entire uh, school years in a self-contained class. Okay. He was how, doing, go ahead. Okay. I, I was going to ask how, how was that for him? Were, you know, were the classrooms quiet? Were, were the other kids, um, you know, did he engage with the other kids? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did that work? So he did, thank God, he went through his school year in June, I would say elementary and middle school. He was in, um, you know, the classes that he was in, even though they were self-contained, they would have them in groups because, you know, with anything, with, and especially with autism, you meet one child with autism, that's one child you met with autism. They all have their different. So they might be more higher functioning kids than, so they would kind of split them up um, so that he could be with, you know, kids that were more higher functioning, but may have, you know, speech difficulties or whatever. So throughout his entire um, middle school and uh, elementary school career, he, he was thriving. We did have, we started to have challenges in high school only because um, it was just the high school that he was going to was not really, um, I don't think that they did a lot. They didn't challenge him because they, he just, he needed that challenging and he needs, you know, he needs to do work and he can't be a child that just goes to a classroom and just sits there and, and there's no structure. Cause remember he loves the structure. So he had to have the structure. So um, he, you know, started to, have challenges. He didn't really want to go to high school as much as he did. He loved going to school when he was in elementary and middle. But then in high school, you know, we kind of noticed that he just really didn't want to go anymore. So I remember in our previous conversation, you were saying once he started high school, that there, there was no structure or organization. And he was used to 
doing, he had academic work that he would do when he was in middle school. And when he got to high school, they kind of took away that academic work right. and, and it yes. became confusing and upsetting mm -hmm. for him. And mm -hmm. how did he respond and how did he let you know that something it wasn't right? Was wrong. <laughs> so yeah, that he, so going back to the high school experience, like he, because he didn't have the structure, he just didn't want to go. And I remember one day taking him to school because like I said, he's so, he's so organized with his time. Like he would before, you know, pretty much beat me up and be ready to go to school. And then I'm noticing like, I have to get you up and you know, it's, you're slow. And, and that just wasn't him. And I'm like, this is not right. So, um, I remember taking him to school one day and I can, I'll never forget this. And I looked back and he, he was crying. He had a tear rolling down his eye. And I said, mm -hmm. I can't, I can't sit, I can't take him in this building. And I turned around and I bought, I took him home and I said, and I called and I said to the teacher, I said, we need to have a conversation because this is not something that is not right. So, you know, um, and I just wanted to know, like, what are you guys doing? What are you, you know, what are you working on? Like, what's going on? Um, and it, I think they were going through a reconstruction, a reorganization at the school. So the teachers weren't, um, they weren't used to being with AU kids. And it, it was just a lot going on. It was too much change for him at that um, time. So we ended up, we, you know, trying to get him moved to another school. And then with all of that, I just felt like his dad and I said, you know what, um, we're just going to, we're just going to need to homeschool him. So we registered and we got, um, you know, the homeschool certification and following the curriculum for North Carolina. Um, and then we just, we just went that route. And then it just so happened that as we were going that route, then COVID happened. So all the kids were going to come home anyway. So we, perfect, so he, perfect timing <laughs> in the world stopped, right? <laughs> so with that being said, we will take a brief pause for the cause and we will be okay. right back with Autism in Color with LeBecky and Siobhan and Gia Evans. Hi, this is Lebecky of Autism in Color. If you are listening to us on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple, or Google, we want to hear from you. Drop us a line at autismincolorinfo at gmail.com. That's autismincolorinfo at gmail.com. We want to hear your feedback, your thoughts on our shows. If you would like to be on our show, to do a commercial on our show, drop us a line at autismincolorinfo at gmail.com. That's autismincolorinfo at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you because we are keeping autism on the table and in the conversation. This segment is being brought to you by Let's Talk About It, the Autism Center, Inc., serving young adults with ASD ages 17 through 40 and their caregivers since 2018. Check out our website to get to know more about us and find out about our upcoming events. Find us at letstalkaboutitthautismcenter.org. Email us at letstalk1922 at gmail.com or call us at 704 835-3605. Let's talk about it. The Autism Center, where we're keeping autism on the table and in the conversation. We look forward to hearing from you. Welcome back to Autism in Color with LeBecky Siobhan, and we are speaking with Gia Evans. 
Welcome back, ladies. Hello. Hi again. Gia, what are some goals and aspirations you have for Caleb? Sure. So um, once he, you know, we make it through this graduating from homeschool <laughs> this year, um, one of the things that I want is I want him to you know, know that he can still, with his diagnosis, still contribute to society. I don't want him to ever think that, you know, he, you know, he can't offer anything because he can. Um, so whether it be, you know, him being a part of some type of organization where he can go in the daytime and do something like, you know, some type of job, of, you know, something along the lines of his skills, um, that's what I want for him. I just don't want him to, you know, not be able to do anything um, and stay connected with his community. You know, he's a part, um, like, you know, of those different teams. Um, and those are like extended families for us, like the baseball team. Um, you know, just to stay with those those group of people. Um, so, yeah, I want him to you know live live a full life and still with the even though with that diagnosis, he can still live a full life. Absolutely, and and you should have those aspirations for him because, like you said, he is a part of society. And what we want society to recognize is that because just because our kids are diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder does not mean that they they have an inability, but they have the ability right. to do what others can't, yep. right? Yep, and it's just a matter of finding what it is that they want and can do and then helping them just, but that's like with any kid, you know, just what is what is it that you like to do? And, you know, you, you know, you do that for the rest of your life. And I think that's, you know, what we have to do, especially for them to make them feel like they, they have value to add as well. Absolutely. Absolutely, because there's success within him. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. yep. so, so what is next? He's graduating. <sighs> Does he plan to go to college? Like, what, what is it? I don't know. I've been speaking to someone recently, one of his old teachers about, you know, some programs um, that are even like the local colleges are offering to see if that, you know, based on, you know, the level of what they're looking for or what he has to have and would he be a good fit for that so um that, you know those are our goals like if he can I would love for him to be able to do some type of extension um programs um with the local universities okay. and if not then we find some type of you know trade or something that he can do and you know get up every morning and get out of the house and, and you know go and be in society Absolutely. He can be a part of some kind of day programming. When let's right. talk about it, the Autism Center gets that day programming. Of course, Kayla will yes. be welcome through our doors. <laughs> yes. Okay. That's right. Oh, will, yeah. will Kayla be able to drive at all? Do I say no. <laughs> no. Okay. I don't think so. I don't think he has the, uh, the capacity. So, yeah for driving um but he loves to um crank up the car he hasn't tried to move it or anything but he does love to turn the car on and um and oh i forgot when we were talking about the talent i would say that caleb is the number one black panther fan caleb okay. watches the black panther 
on a daily basis. Really? Wow. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> so bad that his sister and I know the lines verbatimly to the movie. Okay. Like, okay. He loves Black, Black Panther. Vibranium. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I bet you he can write the words to it as well. He knows the words. They, they're in his head. And you ask him, hey, can you write this down? Everything about the Black Panther? You will be shocked. Yeah, so um, when um, Chadwick had passed away, I really felt like Caleb was really sad. And we talked about it. We had a conversation about that day because, yeah, he was really... Um, he was sad. I was sad, but he was sad. But he loves, loves, loves. Uh, it's an understatement. The black man. <laughs> okay. Good for him. Good for him. So yeah. Have you all been able to petition for guardianship? And if so, okay. how was that process? Oh, the process. Well, thank you to the center for helping me. Um, I, I remember reaching out um, because I knew that was something that I wanted to do. Um, the process, um, because, you know, in speaking with, you know, you and the organization, um, it was able, I was able to uh, get the help that I needed, um, you know, going through, you know, filling out the paperwork, um, and um, and then I had another um, I had a friend that had gone through it recently, most recently. So she was able to, you know, help me uh, make sure that I was getting the, the proper completing the paperwork properly. I think that's just the main thing. And with me and I will tell anyone that has to do it just to make sure your timing, because um, even though you can do it after they're 18, I heard it's so much harder this yes. just to go ahead and get it done before they turn 18. And yes. literally, I was granted guardianship the day before his 18th birthday. Wow. So I kind of, um, and because of COVID, you know, it was um, a lot of things at the courthouse were like delayed. So it was, um, it was kind of a, a rush, but I wanted to make sure I did it before then, but going through the process, it, it was not bad. I think if you just, you know, know what you need to do, um, have an idea and then working with, um, their, their lawyer that they will get assigned, um, to make sure that you're both on the same page. Um, I think that helped the process uh, go a lot smoother um, as well, because my our main concern for Caleb was um, with guardianship, we just wanted to make sure that if anything was to happen to either his dad or myself, that he was going to be in good hands. Um, his dad works in um, group and group home settings. So I, you know, I just knew that that was not going to be an option. So we just wanted to make sure that he was going to be protected. Um, and with Caleb being so um, laid back and, and just trusting, I just <laughs> just wanted to make sure he was going to be safe. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll take advantage. Right. It's really unfortunate <laughs> that they do. But yes. That's what it is. Exactly. It's real life out here. Mm-hmm. Okay. What was the, um, I know that there were delays and things like that due to COVID. What mm -hmm. was the, what was the time span from when you started and when you finally did get guardianship? So I probably started, his birthday is in July. I remember starting the process, um, you know, going up there to actually get the forms probably um, at the beginning of June, and luckily, like I said, I, I'm, I don't 
I just thank God that we were able to get that done before July. And even with, you know, because before what I didn't recognize is that you can't do it. Like I wanted to start when he turned 17, but mm-hmm. I think you have to be like 17 and a half. So <laughs> they won't start it before then. So um, you know, waiting in that time frame, um, a lot of times when I would call, you know, some offices weren't open yet, or you had to, you know, they were trying to help you do it online. And it, it was just a lot because of COVID, but with me rushing and, and just making sure, and I think it helped because I had everything I needed. I had all the documents um, that I was able to get it. So about a month and a half is um, the time frame. But I would definitely recommend people start so much earlier because um, one of the other things I ran into is even though I had all of my paperwork done, um, what if I wasn't able to get into the courtroom or you know get right. a hearing scheduled um, that quick? So he would have been after 18, but yeah. Wow, that does sound that's that's very fast given, you know, given COVID. I thought you were gonna say like January that you started. No, 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 no. Okay. Started in January. That's good stuff. That's really good stuff. So uh Gia, is there anything else that you would like to share about Mr. Caleb with us before we finish here? Well, no, I did tell you that he's the number one Black Panther fan. So. Yes, me <laughs> he loves music. Um, he's just, um, I don't know, he's hes just a typical 18-year-old uh, that just, you know, he's just loving life. Like, and I, I'm so grateful. Um, I don't even know. Sometimes I'm like, I sit back and I think, like, I wonder, like, what he what would his voice sound like like what what is it would it be deep like what you know or whatever and then um and then I just said you know what Caleb you know I just I know the words that you can't say as your mother I just you know have those in my heart or whatever with me but um I would just say you know to anyone else um just to make sure that you know we just have to love our kids uh for who and, and what they are um as far as you know non-speech speech or whatever um I just he's just a gift he's such a wonderful gift and I just I don't even know how life would be sometimes like if he wasn't on the spectrum I'm like <laughs> so, right I, don't know. I, I guess that's you know just the way we are but um no I think that's it I, I appreciate you guys allowing me to share my story. I hope it helps someone, um, you know, chase um, after what's right for your kids and making sure that you, um, one of the things I always tell new parents to the spectrum is to um, never take, always go with your gut. Because I remember being in doctor offices, um, just talking about, oh, you know, no, it's okay. You know, you're a first time mother, you know, you're dramatic, you know, just things like that. And you're just like, no, something's not right. So always go with that gut and know when something's not right, because you know, your child. And then I said, um, at last I said to Caleb, you know, if you don't have a voice, I'll just, I guess I'll have to have one for you. So, you know, that's just, the way you know we do things around here that's how we have to operate um for Caleb all right (laughs) let me tell you let me let me say this the last person you want to mess with is an autism mom okay warriors what what better know what y'all do Becky (laughs) we ride at dawn amen (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, we ride at dawn and we're some fierce advocates. You know why? Because God chose us to be the parent of that kid that we carry for nine months with autism. You better know it. Yes. yes. Amen. You are All right. right. Thank you so much, Gia. You rock, girl. I have okay. one last question, though. <laughs> I know that you said Caleb does not have verbal language. Does he make sounds? No, he does not. No, no sounds? No sounds. Nothing. No utterances, no nothing. Nothing. Like, even when he got sick, like, um, you know, like, it, yeah, he just doesn't make any sound. And even, like, when he was, you know, that when I took him to the school situation, he was crying. You know how sometimes you might hear a little more? He was just nothing. And I was just like, oh, my God. Just to see that, you know, the tear rolled out and there's no sound. You're like, oh, no. So, yeah. No now, even if something hurts. Yes. And see, that's one of the things. That's why, you know, when we're talking about guardianship, that was one of the things. Safety, because, you know, you got to, there's nothing. You don't have any indication of, you know, hurt or, you know, anything. So. Wow. Wow. And that's why. Spirit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's why I tell parents also that sometimes when our kids are, are, are nonverbal, that we have to remember as they get older, we still have to treat them like that newborn because we have to we have to have some kind of instinct. Yeah. Yeah. To know yeah. that something's not right. Yep. It's very important that you, you are in tune to, to your, your child. Children. Amen. Yes. No, and you can look in their face and you can look in yes. their eyes and you can yes. tell like there's something that's not right. So yes, yeah. not right. The movement. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you so Thank much. You so Thank much you so much. Thank you so much. All right. We appreciate Bye. it. Bye. Join us next time on Hi, Hi this is Siobhan calling all small businesses, independent we artists, and non-profits. If you have a product, always. service, or That's music right, that the community they absolutely have. needs to know about, contact us. You can reach us at autismvibesradio at gmail.com. That's A-U-T-I-S-M-V-I-B-E-S-R-A-D-I-O at gmail.com. You can also call us at 704-325-9706. That's 704-325-9706. Call us and let's put your business in the streets. This segment is being brought to you by Let's Talk About It, the Autism Center, Inc., serving young adults with ASD ages 17 through 40 and their caregivers since 2018. Check out our website to get to know more about us and find out about our upcoming events. Find us at Let's Talk About It, the Autism Email us at Let's Talk 1922 at gmail.com or call us at 704 704- Eight three five three six zero five. Let's talk about it. The Autism Center, where we're keeping autism on the table and in the conversation. We look forward to hearing from you. Welcome back to Autism in Color with Rebecca Siobhan, and we are speaking with Gia Evans. Welcome back, ladies. Hello. Hi again, Gia. What are some goals and aspirations you have? For Caleb. Sure. So um, 
once he, you know, we make it through this graduating from homeschool <laughs> this year, um, one of the things that I want is I want him to, you know, know that he can still, with his diagnosis, still contribute to society. I don't want him to ever think that, you know, he, you know, he can't offer anything because he can. Um, so whether it be, you know, him being a part of some type of organization where he can go in the daytime and do something like, you know, some type of job, of, you know, something along the lines of his skills, um, that's what I want for him. I just don't want him to, you know, not be able to do anything um, and stay connected with his community. You know, he's a part, um, like, you know, of those different teams. Um, and those are like extended families for us, like the baseball team. Um, you know, just to stay with those those group of people. Um, so, yeah, I want him to, you know, live live a full life and still with the even though with that diagnosis, he can still live a full life. Absolutely. And, and you should have those aspirations for him, because like you said, he is a part of society. And what we want society to recognize is that because just because our kids are diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder does not mean that they they have an inability, but they have the ability right. to do what others can't, yep. right? Yep, and it's just a matter of finding what it is that they want and can do and then helping them. Just, But that's like with any kid, you know, just what is what is it that you like to do? And, you know, you, you know, you do that for the rest of your life. And I think that's, you know, what we have to do, especially for them to make them feel like they, they have value to add as well. Absolutely. Absolutely, because there's success within him. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. yep. so, so what is next? He's graduating. <laughs> Does he plan to go to college? Like, what, what is it? I don't know. I've been speaking to someone recently, one of his old teachers about, you know, some programs um, that are even like the local colleges are offering to see if that, you know, based on, you know, the level of what they're looking for or what he has to have and would he be a good fit for that so um you know those are our goals like if he can I would love for him to be able to do some type of extension um programs um with the local universities okay. and if not then we find some type of you know trade or something that he can do and you know get up every morning and get out of the house and you know go and be in society Absolutely. He can be a part of some kind of day programming. When let's right. talk about it, the Autism Center gets that day programming. Of course, Kayla will yes. be welcome through our doors. <laughs> yes, okay. that's right. Oh, will, yeah. will Kayla be able to drive at all? Do I say no. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. I don't think so. I don't think he has the, uh, the capacity. So, yeah for driving um but he loves to um crank up the car he hasn't tried to move it or anything but he does love to turn the car on and um and oh i forgot when we were talking about the talent i would say that caleb is the number one black panther fan caleb watches the black panther on a daily basis really <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so bad that his sister and I know the lines verbatim to the movie. Okay. Like, okay. 
He loves Black, Black Panther. Vibranium. <laughs> I bet you he can write the words to it as well. He knows the words. They, they're in his head. And you ask him, hey, can you write this down? Everything about the Black Panthers? You will be shocked. Okay, yeah, so um, when um, Chadwick had passed away, I really felt like Caleb was really sad. And we talked about it. We had a conversation about that day because, yeah, he was really... Um, he was sad. I was sad, but he was sad. But he loves, loves, loves. Uh, it's an understatement to black man. <laughs> okay. Good for him. Good for him. So, yeah. Have you all been able to petition for guardianship? And if so, oh, yeah. how was that process? Oh, the process. Well, thank you to the center for helping me. Um, I, I remember reaching out um, because I knew that was something that I wanted to do. Um, the process, um, because, you know, in speaking with, you know, you and the organization, um, it was able, I was able to uh, get the help that I needed, um, you know, going through, you know, filling out the paperwork, um, and um, and then I had another um, I had a friend that had gone through it recently, most recently. So she was able to, you know, help me uh, make sure that I was getting the, the proper completing the paperwork properly. I think that's just the main thing. And with me and I will tell anyone that has to do it just to make sure your timing, because um, even though you can do it after they're 18, I heard it's so much harder this just yes. to go ahead and get it done before they turn 18. And yes. literally, I was granted guardianship the day before his 18th birthday. Wow. So I kind of, um, and because of COVID, you know, it was um, a lot of things at the courthouse were like delayed. So it was, um, it was kind of a, a rush, but I wanted to make sure I did it before then, but going through the process, it, it was not bad. I think if you just, you know, know what you need to do, um, have an idea and then working with, um, their, their lawyer that they will get assigned, um, to make sure that you're both on the same page. Um, I think that helped the process uh, go a lot smoother um, as well, because my our main concern for Caleb was um, with guardianship. We just wanted to make sure that if anything was to happen to either his dad or myself, that he was going to be in good hands. Um, his dad works in um, group and group home settings. So I, you know, I just knew that that was not going to be an option. So we just wanted to make sure that he was going to be protected. Um, and with Caleb being so um, laid back and, and just trusting, I just, <laughs> just wanted to make sure he was going to be safe. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll take advantage. Right. It's really unfortunate <laughs> that they do. But yes. What it is. Exactly. It's real life out here. Mm-hmm. Okay. What was the, um, I know that there were delays and things like that due to COVID. What mm -hmm. was the, what was the time span from when you started and when you finally did get guardianship? So I probably started, his birthday is in July. I remember starting the process, um, you know, going up there to actually get the forms. Probably um, at the beginning of June, and luckily, like I said, I, I'm I don't I just thank God that we were able to get that done before July. And even with you know 
because before what I didn't recognize is that you can't do it. Like I wanted to start when he turned 17, but mm-hmm. I think you have to be like 17 and a half. So <laughs> they won't start it before then. So, um, and then waiting in that time frame, um, a lot of times when I would call, you know, some offices weren't open yet, or you had to, you know, they were trying to help you do it online. And it, it was just a lot because of COVID, but with me rushing and and just making sure and I think it helped because I had everything I needed I had all the documents um I was able to get it so about a month and a half is um the time frame but I would definitely recommend people start so much earlier because um one of the other things I ran into is even though I had all of my paperwork done um what if I wasn't able to get into the courtroom or you know get right. a hearing scheduled um that quick so he would have been after 18 but yeah Wow, that does sound, that's that's very fast given, you know, given COVID. I thought you were going to say like January that you started. No, 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 no. Okay. Started in January. That's good stuff. That's really good stuff. So uh, Gia, is there anything else that you would like to share about Mr. Caleb with us before we finish here? Well, no, I did tell you that he's the number one Black Panther fan. So. Yes, we know. <laughs> he loves music. Um, he's just, um, I don't know, he's hes just a typical uh, 18-year-old that just, you know, he's just loving life. Like, and I, I'm so grateful. Um, I don't even know. Sometimes I'm like, I sit back and I think, like, I wonder, like, what he what would his voice sound like like what what is it would it be deep like what you know or whatever and then um and then I just said you know what Caleb you know I just I know the words that you can't say as your mother I just you know have those in my heart or whatever with me but um I would just say you know to anyone else um just to make sure that, you know, we just have to love our kids um, for who and, and what they are um, as far as, you know, non-speech, speech or whatever. Um, I just, he's just a gift. He's such a wonderful gift. And I just, I don't even know how life would be sometimes like if he wasn't on the spectrum. I'm like, <laughs> so, right. I, don't know. I, I guess that's, you know, just the way we are. But um, no, I think that's it. I, I appreciate you guys allowing me to share my story. I hope it helps someone, um, you know, chase um, after what's right for your kids and making sure that you, um, one of the things I always tell new parents to the spectrum is to um, never take, always go with your gut because I remember being in doctor offices um, just talking about, oh, you know, no, it's okay. You know, you're a first time mother, you know, you're dramatic, you know, just things like that. And you're just like, no, something's not right. So always go with that gut and know when something's not right because you know your child. And then I said, um, at last I said to Caleb, you know, if you don't have a voice, I'll just, I guess I'll have to have one for you. So, you know, that's just, the way you know we do things around here that's how we have to operate um for Caleb all right (laughs) let me tell you let me let me say this the last person you want to mess with is an autism mom okay warriors what what what, what y'all do Becky (laughs) we ride at dawn amen Uh, we ride at dawn and we're some fierce advocates. You know why? Because God chose us to be the parent of 
that kid that we carry for nine months with autism. You better know it. Yes. yes. Amen. Yes. You are All right. right. Thank you so much, Gia. You rock, girl. I have okay. one last question, though. <laughs> I know that you said Caleb does not have verbal language. Does he make sounds? No, he does not. No, no sounds? No sounds. No utterances, no nothing. Nothing. Like, even when he got sick, like, um, you know, like, it, yeah, he just doesn't make, make any sound. And even like when he was, you know, that when I took him to the school situation, he was crying. You know how sometimes you might hear a little moan. He was just nothing. And I was just like, oh my God, just to see that, you know, the tear rolled out and there's no sign. You're like, oh no. So yeah. No yeah even if something hurts. Yes. And see, that's one of the things. That's why, you know, when we're talking about guardianship, that was one of the things. Safety, because, you know, you got to, there's nothing. You don't have any indication of, you know, hurt or, you know, anything. So, wow. Wow. That's why spirit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's why I tell parents also that sometimes when our kids are, are, are nonverbal, that we have to remember as they get older, we still have to treat them like that newborn because we have to we have to have some kind of instinct. Yeah. Yeah. To know. Yeah that something's not right. Yep. It's very important that you you are in tune to to your your child. child. Yes. No, and you can look in their face and you can look in their eyes and you can tell like there's something that's not right. So yes. It's not right. The movement. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Join us next time on Autism in Color with LaBecky and Siobhan. Where we are keeping autism on the table and in the conversation always. That's right, y'all. Take care. This is the Autism Moment on Autism in Color. Hi, my name is Carson, and I'm a sister of a brother who is on the autism spectrum. And as siblings, we really tend to fight a lot. So one day, I saw my brother in the front seat and thought it would be cool to try to get in there. So when I got in the front seat, my brother did not really think fondly of that. So he took off my seatbelt picked me up and put me on the ground and told me to get in the back. I was mad, of course, but my mom was laughing the whole time and thought it was hilarious. And yeah, that's been my autism moment. Hi, this is Siobhan calling all small businesses, independent artists, and nonprofits. If you have a product, service, or music that the community absolutely needs to know about, contact us. You can reach us at autismvibesradio at gmail.com. That's A-U-T-I-S-M-V-I-B-E-S-R-A-D-I-O at gmail.com. You can also call us at 704-325-9706. That's 704-325-9706. Call us and let's put your business in the streets.